and as time went on, I started to see a pattern um, that I enjoyed writing for course creators. It, it's a growing niche as well, which is what I love about it. And even though it's, you know, quite specific course creators, there are courses on everything. So I still get to meet a lot of business owners, um, a variety of business owners in that space. And what I like about it, uh, you know, is that that collection of content that can be put together for course creators. There's a nice pattern there for me, but it doesn't get stale either. Hello and welcome to Smart Online Marketing, where I chat to switched on entrepreneurs and experts to chat about smart strategies to build your business in a profitable and sustainable way. My name is Katie Griffin and I am in the digital marketing game. I specialize in Google ads and I've worked one-on-one with clients such as Showpose, Homework Law, and Snuggle Honey Kids. And I also have my own course teaching small businesses how to grow profitably using Google ads. If we haven't met before, I'm a kombucha-loving Real Housewives apologist alongside my love of all things pop culture. And yes, that does include the Kardashians. I'm a mum of two, a self-confessed hippie at heart with a love of all things business. Hello. On today's episode, I've got the lovely Mandy Clark, who is from The Prom Queen, and she helps online course creators take their course sales from beige to badass with her homepage and sales page copywriting. And I talked to Naomi a lot in this chat about why sales copy can be so trivial, right? Particularly if you're trying to write copy about yourself on your homepage or your about page. And we tackle things like, you know, how to avoid having stale copy on your homepage and where people can go wrong with sales copy. Naomi is amazing. She She's really passionate about communication and the sales process in a really organic and natural way. So I love this chat and let's get stuck in. Okay. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have here. Can you please introduce yourself and tell people who you are and what you do? Thank you, Katie. It's lovely to be chatting with you two today. Um, Well, I'm Naomi, Naomi Clark. I'm from The Prom Queen and I'm a copywriter and I specialise in helping online course creators sell more courses um, through fabulous content. Can I just say, first of all, how did you come up with your amazing business name, Prom Queen? Because I feel like it's really, it's like spot on because you are, we're sitting here, we're recording and you have like this sparkly background, beautiful headband on, like you're totally involved in your, um, or representing your brand. Well, I I think the prom queen stemmed from a bit of a play on words with promotion. Oh. And in the early days, well before, probably a couple of years before I uh, went from photography, which is my career background and swung over into copywriting I was just you know having having one of those brainstorming days and I started writing lists of ways that I could help my then business how I could how I could promote it and and market it and um yeah I came up with 52 ideas and I still have all of this stuff written down in I have notebooks and notebooks and notebooks filed away and when it came time to um have a bit of a career change. I went back through my books and there was, you know, prom and promotions and prom queen was written down and I I stuck with it and I just liked it. It was fun and um, I'm actually a fairly quiet, introverted person. I'm not an extrovert but my brand is extroverted and I think, you know, we have to um, 
be a little bit brave and put ourselves out there when we're trying to cut through um, in the very busy and saturated business space. And I like to think that my brand persona and when I step into this role, um, you know, we need to have that confidence and we need to back ourselves and, you know, the prom queen, I have this image of, you know, that confidence and a bit of shininess and fun and sparkliness and um, that's what business should be about as well. That's so interesting because I consider myself to be a complete introvert as well and but have to put on almost an extroverted, not persona, but like to present myself in business, you have to get yourself out there a little bit more and that's not necessarily natural for me. And it's just interesting to hear that that's something that you've also adopted as well, that you can not take on, it's not like we're pretending to be people, but you can bring out different areas of your personality when you are developing your business, I guess. And you don't have to be exactly who you are 100% of the time. No, that's right. I th- you know, we we all, um, there's different sides to all of us. You know, there's me as a mum and a, um, as a, a wife or a partner and, um, you know, me as the daughter and the sister and, and the business owner. Um, but I find with uh, working with the clients that I have, while I am an introvert, that one-on-one time with them, does give me energy mm. and hearing about their achievements and, you know, them overcoming obstacles in their business or ticking off those milestones, I get a massive kick out of that. That recharges me big time. Um, so that's something that comes naturally. But, yeah, I'm not, I'm not the person you'll find at this point up on a stage with a big group of people. I love that one-on-one interaction that's where I come to life is that something you had to consciously when you were starting your business was that something you had to consciously I don't know almost develop that side of you where you did have to put yourself out there and you didn't want to you couldn't just be behind the scenes all the time because that's something I felt it took me a while to be comfortable with as a business owner was that I did need to get myself out there more on social media and present myself in a more extroverted manner um that was something that I actually had to work up to yeah yeah um that's a really interesting one I mentioned you know my my start my working the start of my working career um was in photography and a big chunk of that time 10 years was running a franchise business in in Melbourne and part of that was putting myself out there all the time and I felt like that in a way was a little bit harder for me I had my my work mode and my personal life and there was a real divide between the two and I stepped from one role to the other Um, with the prom queen I feel like I've been able to be myself a bit more I can I guess um yeah blend my two worlds a little bit more cohesively and you know social media is a funny one for me I'm not on there a lot I don't, I don't love that space. I love email and communicating with my clients in that way and I feel like I can deliver more meaning and more value to them on, on that platform and I, I get more from it. So um, I think with the Prom Queen I've been able to, yeah, 
allow, I've been able to be myself. I haven't had to fit a sort of mould. I get to make it up as I go along, which is the amazing thing about running your own business. We get to choose how we show up. Um, and it's okay. There's a, a, a woman I follow in the copywriting space in the States and she sent out an email the other day just going, oh, I'm just not into Clubhouse. I'm just not there. It's not for me. I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> it was like Game of Thrones when everyone was talking about Game of Thrones and I haven't watched Game of Thrones and, you know, you feel like you're the only person that hasn't seen it or, you know, isn't doing that thing and then you finally meet the other the other yes. subset that aren't. You go, oh, yes, my people are out there and, and we're all okay. Yeah, I'm, I've never watched an episode of Game of Thrones. It disgusts me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely disgusts me, the concept. And then um, and I don't even understand still, I still don't understand what Clubhouse is. So yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about, because I didn't realise you were a photographer before starting mm. your copywriting business. So how does that natural progression happen between, yeah. you know, it's not, I wouldn't say it's someone that goes straight from one to the other. Like how did you actually delve into copywriting? Sure. So um, I'll try and give you the short version. I started off, you know, studying photography, um, working in that field, shooting portraits, um, family portraiture, and this was way back in my Bris Vegas days, lots and lots of fun. And I started a, a job which was meant to be a shooting role and I ended up doing a lot of sales um, or, or client viewings, we called them. So that's where a client would come into the studio I would show them their, their images that a, the photographer had captured and I would help them put together their artwork for their walls or create an album for them. So there was that design and creativity involved, but there was also a huge amount of communication and the sales process is one that I find fascinating. You know, you've got to connect with people that you've probably not met before. Um, they, you have to build up a, an incredible amount of trust with them. You know, we're talking over a, a one to two hour window here and um, I discovered that not only was I really good at sales and uh, sales sounds like a bit of a dirty word but it wasn't I was helping people bring out together ideas and we're all having a great time and it wasn't pushy at all it just it just felt very natural to me Um, and so when I ended up running a franchise my role was in sales and marketing um, getting the word out there about the studio and still seeing clients one-on-one. When it came to uh, launching the Prom Queen, it was actually just a transition of having that sales process in one format, so face-to-face in a room with, you know, the projector and those design tools to um, and, and applying that. Yeah, it was a projector. Is that what we still call them? Yeah, it just sounds so yeah. old school. Projector. No, it was like a modern. <laughs> no, it was all digital. And you get out your slideshow. Yeah, it was our slideshow. I didn't have a clicker. It wasn't one of those. <laughs> it wasn't one of those rotary things. <laughs> I just imagine um, when I was at high school and they put something in projector and it's always upside down and then slide night. Yeah, come, I've so had funny. a holiday. Come, come over and we'll have a slide night party. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and taking that sales process from a face to face setting and putting it um, into copy into the written format. And so, yeah, that at the time I couldn't see what I was really doing, but now I go, oh, it's just it's sales and communication in one form or another. And I love that relationship building. That's what it all comes back to for me. And now I help other business owners form those same relationships with their 
customers. And you said at the start that your niche is course creators mm. to increase course sales. And that's a very specific niche. How did you did you did you swirl around with other ideas or did you start up writing copy for anyone? Like how did you kind of find that sweet spot that was mm. your, you know, this is what I kind of want to do? And what do you like about working with course creators? I started, I, you know, typical um, early days in business, I started writing for everyone um, and mostly women, solo um, female business owners. And, and I think that's just the type of audience that I attracted as well. And as time went on, I started to see a pattern um, that I enjoyed writing for course creators. It, it's a growing niche as well, which is what I love about it. And even though it's, you know, quite specific course creators, there are courses on everything. So I still get to meet a lot of business owners, um, a variety of business owners in that space. And what I like about it, uh, you know, is that that collection of content that can be put together for course creators. There's a nice pattern there for me, but it doesn't get stale either. So I think it just came back to, yeah, these people keep showing up in my world. And we have a great time together and I'm, I'm, I, I like the content. I'm proud of the content that I create for them. And I can see the difference that it makes as well um, when they go through their launch process or when they bring new audiences and a new audience into their world. I can see how the copy works and that's really fulfilling. So during a course launch process, there's a lot of different copy that needs to be written. You've got yeah. like social media, email, sales pages, lead magnets, all this sort of stuff, right? Yeah. So can you talk me through, I know your sort of specialty is sales pages and home pages. Mm-hmm. Maybe if we start with home pages, because I think that when it's, well, first of all, I think your website's always kind of that thing on your to-do list that you've got to kind of get around to. And can you explain why it is so important to devote time into getting that copy nailed down mm. and maybe some ways that people can, because I think for me personally, when I'm thinking about writing website copy, I'm like, I don't even know where to start. Yeah. Like, what do I actually write on my homepage? What do I include on it? What What's the goal of it? You know, I think yeah. that is just so confusing for people. Can you maybe talk to that a little bit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you say website copy, it does, it feels big. It feels overwhelming and it can make people want to run and hide. And I don't blame them. <laughs> it kind of feels also it's, more permanent because yeah. and even though you can change it, it feels like it's almost the idea that like with email copy, I feel it's just one email. It'll go out. Mm-hmm. If it resonates, it doesn't. If it, you know, great. If it's kind of just then you move past it. Whereas with your website copy, it's like it feels almost that bigger commitment. I've got to get my website copy down and it's has this sense of permanence to it, even though obviously mm. you can change it. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think some of the, the really important things with homepage copy and any kind of copy really for that matter, but let's look at homepage copy, is if a business owner is writing it themselves is to talk is to put yourself in your would-be customer's shoes Um, and and you want to help them see that straight away you understand where they're at right now. They might not be ready to buy from you right now. This is um, at the earlier stage of your relationship with them. So your sales pages are at the and your emails that might point to a sales page are at the later stages of those that relationship where the trust is there and they're, they're ready to buy. Well, they might have already bought from you and are ready to buy again. But a homepage, we really want to introduce 
who you are, who you help, how you help them, and and what the the benefits are to that potential customer, how you can solve their problems, um, and what's at the other side. So that A state to B state journey. The other thing that I would highly recommend for homepages is, you know, there's there's so much content out there it's very difficult for a potential customer to remember you and to want to come back to you. So you want to create opportunities for them to stick around for longer so you can carry on that conversation with them over email or or wherever else it may be. So look at your homepage as a a list building or a subscriber list building um, page and that's where you might have free gifts on offer like e-books or, um, you know, Web, live web, web, evergreen webinars and that kind of thing. So creating lots of opportunity for them to subscribe and become part of your world. That's that's two, two of the main important things. And one thing I find is that during, I don't know if you find this with, with other service providers as well or even course creators, is that their email copy will be, will be great and their social media presence will be really spot on and personable but for some reason when they get to writing that homepage copy mm. it's very formal and very service it's very like almost stale yeah do you do you feel like that's a common mistake to make be that's made is is to be too corporate or to be too formal mm. on your homepage because it doesn't actually create that connection between yeah. the user and yourself definitely when I write copy uh one of the parts of the process for me is I read it out loud and if I can't say it in a way that feels physically comfortable, I haven't written it right. Um, so, yeah, look look at the homepage is that, hi, I'm Naomi, great to meet you. I'm so happy you're here. This is how I'm going to help you today, that kind of a conversation. The other thing I see, yeah, so we lose, lose that. We can, you know, it's funny, the evolution of websites. It was everyone, I'm a serious business owner. I have a website now, super professional. Have fun, have a personality. Um, That's what particularly for for course creators, but for other brands too, people want to buy from people that they like. And when we start to act as the brand, it gets pretty boring and pretty impersonal and it's hard to trust a brand. Um, you know, you think of big brands and you question whether you really trust them and it's more often no than, than yes. But if I get a sense of who you are as a person and, and I feel like I'm having a real conversation with you, I'll be intrigued and I, I want, I'll want to read more. Um, the other thing I find with homepages is that people tend to cram so much, so much on a homepage and it just gets overwhelming. Um, we have a... As a customer, we want to go to a homepage and find out we're, we're interested in us at this point in time. We want to find out how you can help us. What's in it for me? If you can't show me that, you know, you're, you're about me, the customer, <laughs> am I making sense here? I'll tune out pretty quickly. You know, and I've written about this quite a few times, you know, when you go to a dinner party and you get stuck next to that person who only talks about themselves and they don't ask you any questions, they're not interested in your life and they just, oh, my God, it gets boring really quickly. And home pages that, that you know, only focus on the business or the business owner or how many clients they racked up last year, it gets boring. The customer just wants to know 
how you can help them. I love that. One thing that is tricky in that process is getting comfortable with writing about yourself. Yeah. And how do you develop that skill of being comfortable with selling yourself? Because especially when you are a service provider, a course creator, you are, you're selling yourself as Mm. a person that someone's going to work with. Mm -hmm. And that almost feels like very ego driven. And you you kind of like, well, I don't want to say how great I am because that makes me feel uncomfortable. So how do you actually develop that skill of getting comfortable about writing about yourself in a way that makes people want to work with you? Yeah. I think a lot of it is mindset and, and changing how we approach copy and looking at it not from, you know, not we don't want to look at the skills that we have as a business owner, or how many years we've been in business or all our accolades and trophies. That can wait. Um, you want to look at, if you, if you want to look at skills, for example, you then want to ask yourself, this skill is helpful to my customer because. And so when we reframe things as um, being helpful to a client um, rather than being bragging rights about because that's what I think where people can get stuck. Oh, I feel so braggy. I feel like I've got tickets on myself. And that, that's okay, but just look, look at that brag list and go, well, okay, well, ask yourself how is that of benefit to your customer and talk about that, the benefits to your client. And then it doesn't feel braggy at all. People are going, oh, this, this person sounds amazing and I understand why that skill or achievement is of benefit to me. So on your homepage, you've said a couple of key things that you want to include, like it wants to be focused on the customer and how you can help them. They're they're mainly concerned about they've got a problem and how can you help them solve it at this point. Mm -hmm. What about when you transition to an about page? Because I think when it comes to website copy, the two pretty much main pages that people will visit are your about page and your Mm -hmm. homepage. Mm -hmm. And again, your about page can be one of those things that people are like, what the F do I write on this? (laughs) And I struggle with this all the time. And one thing I hate is when someone asks me for a bio and I'm like, oh, far out. I've got to go <laughs> think of like, you know, what, how, again, like how do we, what should be included on an about page to make someone feel like they're telling people what they need to hear? Yeah. Okay. So if you look at the about page as a way to gather leads um, for, you know, to take clients from that complete, I don't know who you are, stranger stage to a, an actual customer, um, and to demonstrate what what what's in it for them, how you can help them. The about page should focus on creating that emotional connection between you and your your customer. So that's a page where you can explore. And I know this word has been used probably a little bit too much, but this is where you explore your why why you do what you do. And I was reading an interview or listening to an interview recently because I struggled for a long long time to pin down my why. I read all Simon Sinek's books and I watched his um, YouTube stuff and, um, and I still struggled to pin down my why. And then I listened to a an interview with Marie Forleo and I think her name is Dr. Trent Terrorai. I might be saying that incorrectly but she posed the question what breaks your heart and that works for me I could pin down what broke my heart and it was seeing these incredibly talented knowledgeable 
skillful business owners have to go back to their day job. Like that just killed, you know, hearing those. And I would hear, the, hear those stories or meet people um, through meetings with them who were ready to, you know, they would say, Naomi, this is it. This has to work or that's it. I'm throwing in the towel. Um, so an about page is where you can explore that the, the bigger stuff, the big picture, the why stuff, the emotional stuff, what gets you out of bed as a business owner. And I like to sort of weave a thread between the client's experience your journey and what your business delivers and um, and find the themes. That's where I get a bit deep and nerdy and, in, you know, heavily inside my about pages. But, yeah, that emotional connection is what your about page should create. Yeah, I love that question, what breaks your heart, because I think mm. that whenever – you know, you think about, I, I struggle, have struggled with that so many times, you know, your why or your purpose and all that sort of stuff. And you're like, run a business to help yeah. people. You know, it becomes so hard to pinpoint that. But I think when you've got a really clear question, like what breaks your heart? And immediately mm. in my mind, I'm like, oh, that's what breaks my heart. Yeah, I can understand yes. that. So yeah. maybe that's a good place to start with if people are struggling with their to, to find out their why that could be a, a yeah. good jumping off point. Yeah. And with with the whole your why, what is your why, I, I would find that I'd come back to um, tasks. What tasks do I like doing? What what's that that tangible outcome? Is it a is it a revenue goal or is it a number of clients or is it a type of content or service? With what breaks your heart, it just takes it to that wonderful human level. Yeah, I agree. Moving over to sales pages and and writing copy, even though home pages and about pages, they are eventually designed to have some selling inside them because mm-hmm. you want to sell them, even if it's just on the idea that you're the person that they want to work with, for example. Mm-hmm. When it comes to selling, I think that has got a bit of a connotation that it's a bit of a dirty word. Mm-hmm. How do you coach your clients that, it's actually something that they need to do and not something that to hide behind because I think when it comes to a common mistake that people might make is they've got a great offer, they've got a great yeah. course, and then they're afraid to actually go and sell it to people yeah. and tell people what's great about it and what makes it different. What? How do you kind of get around that? Yeah. Um, it was actually this was something that was put to me a few years ago <laughs> it, when I was exploring the concept of sales and, oh, feeling icky about selling um and someone said to me well you're selfish if you don't you you are selfish you're holding back information and content that could potentially change someone's life if you don't let them buy it or put the offer out there um and the other thing I think with selling and you know let this um through years and years of selling it at my photography studio was it's really rude to assume that your customer um, can't afford what you're selling or might need what you're selling. It's really presumptuous. So we shouldn't, um, you know, and a lot of these sales blocks and money blocks are about us. My sales blocks are about me, what I, you know, how I was raised and all of those kinds of things. Um, But, again, another thing that can help, business owners overcome that fear of selling is to not stop looking at looking at that as selling. Look at at a sales page. We should rename them. As um 
as a way to help your clients, as a way to educate them, as a way to move them from A to B and how, how the thing that you've got is the best way to do that. Yeah, that, that that's really true because I think that it can be hard not to make those assumptions about why someone can't buy your product or service and mm. that that's actually not giving the other person, the customer, the um, the benefit of the doubt or, or the degree of, yeah. Yeah. So I think um, I, I love that idea that don't make any assumptions about what they can and can't do and yeah. and let the like let the copy do the talking. Mm, mm. Where can people go wrong with sales copy? Uh, well, <laughs> in lots of places, mm. which is not a bad thing. You know, if we know what those places are, we can we can correct that. Um, okay, there's a few things. One is is quite simple: is just simply not having enough calls to actions, and ex- you know, sales pages can be chunky things. And we, your customers, even though you might be serving a niche audience, you're going to have lots of different personality types within that within that audience. So there will be people who are be, who are ready to buy straight away, who you know might be coming back to this sales page for the second, third, fourth year in a row. You know they might have been on your email list for a long time and they're just ready to buy. You don't want to have to make that person sift through a sales page because the more time we're asking from them at that point is we're creating a bigger window of opportunity to lose them or for them to overthink it and oh, come back to it next year or for the phone to ring and then get distracted. Um, so having, having multiple opportunities for them to buy what you're selling. On that, another mistake I see often is that a business owner will try and sell too many things, too many different things on one sales page. Um, and I was just having a, a chat yesterday with a business owner and they have some incredible um, digital products, and but they, they were targeted at different, slightly different business owners. And so rather, and at this point in time, they had them on the one sales page. When we get someone to a sales page, like this is right at the end of the journey, you're on, you're on the home straight here. Um, and we really want to ask our customer to make a simple decision. Yes, they want to buy it or no, they don't want to buy it. Now, if you're asking them to choose between do I want to buy this product A, B, C, or D, and yes and no to each of them, that's a lot of, or go on a wait list or whatever, that's a lot of decisions. So just ask them to make that one decision on the sales page. Do I want to buy it? Or do I not? And you might have, obviously, you know, do I want it on a payment plan or do I want it all up front? That kind of, that's fine. But too many, um, too many decisions is not a good thing. Yeah, I think everyone's made that mistake where they're like, if you don't want this one, you can have this one. Or if you don't want this one. And and that ends up, you just feel overwhelmed. I'm that person that if I have too many choices, I just back straight off and I don't even engage in it because I think, I'm just too overwhelmed to make a decision. Absolutely. I need to have like, it's like when you're offering something, the, the rule when you're offering something to kids rather than saying like, what do you want for lunch? <laughs> you're like, would yeah. you like a sandwich or would you yeah. like soup? Like yeah. Yeah, one or two of two options. Absolutely. So I think that's so important because it, it just makes it harder to, you know, to make that decision. And and I agree that those 
strong call to action. Some people try and bury them down. Like, if you want to enroll, come do it down here. Yes. But people have had to scroll all the way down to get there. And other people are just like, I can't, I don't know what I'm even looking for. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think, you know, with, with having to make too many decisions, I used to do this as, as well in my, in my early days um, where you just want to help people with everything that you have right now. So here, take everything. Um, and it's overwhelming. So there's, there's no reason why you can't create a sales page for your next product or maybe sell that next product to them a little further along. So you might start with a, you know, using courses, for example, as a an introductory offer to something and then have a 12-month membership later once you've earned, earned your stripes with that customer with the first product. You don't have to sell it all at once. Yeah, like them. an extension, an ascension plan. Yeah. Rather than yeah. just take everything once. I think, yep, I think yep. that's a great idea. You have just given so many pearls of wisdom today. I really appreciate you taking the time. Can you please tell people where they can connect with you if they want to learn out more, learn more about working with you and where's the best place to do that? Yes. Well, I can't, well, first of all, I can't believe we've been talking. I know. For, I could keep talking for a I know. Long I long looked at the time and I was like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> um, okay. So people can find me at thepromqueen.co. And I've actually made something, if you want to venture a little further than that, I've made something, um, especially, Katie, for people who have listened to your podcast, um, which you can find via thepromqueen.co forward slash Katie Griffin. Um, I'll put the link in the show notes. So, and look, I'm on Instagram every now and again, but my website is probably the best you, you can see how introverted I am by how infrequently I post this. <laughs> the website is definitely the best place to find I should me. say to you, though, that since I've found that since putting more of an effort into social media, it has, it does pay off. Even I though it's know. such a hard thing because I'm just saying, like, I, I always say it took me a year to actually even get an Instagram account, but I have found it, even just from the point of view of being able to connect with other people that. Yes, uh, in, in not necessarily for your prospects, but just getting yourself out there with other business owners, I find is really helpful. Exactly. Um, yep, yep. That's where I found the biggest, like creating a network of of other people that I'm like, mm. oh, I know this person specializes in this service, and you know, creating an, a little network of like minded business owners Absolutely. is really really powerful. Yeah, and I think you're 100 percent right on that. I found um, when I entered the copywriting world. Photography, I think every industry can be a bit clicky, but photography, it was like we had all these secrets and we, you know, didn't reveal our <laughs> What do you mean? Next, oh, yeah, you, you did, know, yeah. All, all of that kind of thing. The copywriting world I found have found incredibly, sorry, and I should I should say there are lots of beautiful, amazing, welcoming photographers as well, but the copywriting world I found to be so welcoming. And I find it's also it embraces competition rather than, it like does. I had a, I had a situation recently where this is totally off topic, but um, I find with copywriters that they're usually wanting to surround themselves with other copywriters, and mm. because especially with copywriting, you can usually only take on a couple of clients at a time, exactly. and it's quite you know you get booked up. The good copywriters get booked up, and um, and so people are more than willing to like share around details, and I find yeah. it's very much a camaraderie. Yeah. And I recently encountered a situation where someone booked me to do, I can't remember if I've told this story in the podcast, but someone booked me to do a masterclass for their community 
And then they post in their Facebook group, you know, Katie's going to be doing a masterclass on Google ads. And then they had to come back to me and say, look, I'm really sorry. I'm going to have to remove that invitation because someone else in the community who's also a Google ad specialist that had previously done a masterclass was like, I can't believe you do this, like stepping on my toes. And and I'm kind of like, that's such a funny mentality to have this real scarcity mindset. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Whereas I find with copywriters, they're like, oh, I can't do it, do the work or that's projects not suited for me, but here's Absolutely. a number of different copywriters that I can recommend. It's very yep. much a friend, friendly industry, I think. Yeah, it really is. And I love that about the copywriting world. Um, and I think, you know, most of us, well, a lot of us work on our own. We yeah. need that network. We need to be able to, you know, have a quick chat and go, oh, you know, I've just had a stressful day. What would you do here? Or it, like you said, I've got a client that it, they're not quite the right fit for me. Will you look after them? And I always like to make sure if I do refer somebody on that I'm handing them over to a copywriter who's really lovely and, and very clever and, and will look after them in the same way that I would. So, yeah, I think it's very important to have that circle. So I, I'll give it to you. Social media has been wonderful in yeah, that regard. Yeah, because I think it is. I think it is quite, I notice that hugely in the copywriting industry that there is this real, I don't know, just generosity, I think, mm, between mm. other copywriters. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, that was a segue, <laughs> a bit off topic, but thank you so much again for joining me. I'll pop the, the link for the um little special something that you've got lined up for people that listen to this podcast. And yeah, I highly recommend you connect with Nami. She is amazing. And I've just enjoyed having you on the podcast so much. Thank you, Katie. I've loved it too. Can't believe it's gone so quickly. We'll have to do another one. I we'll know. have to do a part two. A part two. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Smart Online Marketing. It's great. As always, I love jumping in your ears once a week. And if you like this episode, make sure you share with a friend. Make sure you do connect with Naomi online. She does have that link at thepromqueen.co forward slash Katie Griffin. So do go to her website, check her out, connect with her on the socials and make sure you rate and review and subscribe so you're always in the know when next episode drops. And I will chat to you next week. 